E-Tidings Cosmos Good morning, 21st Century World. This is Radio Richard Ireland, coming to you from within the soundproofless studio of life itself. Tomila Falcherotensha Hear this, listener. Give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath there are words. Saw a cat, a fine, handsome, bushy, greyish, white tomcat, cross the road, taking his time so he was. When he reached to the other side, on which I was walking, he stopped to look at me and to look back to from where he had come and then looked forward to where he was going, and then walked into some bushes and disappeared. Some cats don't make it across roads. I wonder why, seeing that they are so swift in their movements, so sensitive with hearing, always looking, and all round ever switched on. How come they don't make it across? I think the problem only applies to night time. Perhaps they are dazzled by oncoming headlights. Still and all, they would know a vehicle was coming. I wonder why they don't pass the word about among themselves that it is never a good idea to cross roads in the dark. But cats never listen to anyone anyway, and probably least of all to one another. A crow was flying towards an electricity pole, coming into land on it, coming into a light on it. But ever before reaching it, he was cawing in such a way, as if he was telling whoever was already there on the pole to be gone, for he was now going to occupy that spot. But the funny thing was, there was no other bird there or nothing on the pole to get off it, at least to my eyes, there was nothing on the pole. Perhaps crows and other birds alike see things that I can't. It seems there is more to sight than what can be seen. In today's broadcast, I will be reading some more from Shakespeare, Lucretius and Changsu. A reading from A Midsummer Night's Dream. Come sit thee down upon this flowery bed, while I thy amiable cheeks do coy, and stick musk roses in thy sleek smooth head, and kiss thy fair large ears, my gentle joy. Where's Peas Blossom? Ready? Scratch my head, Peas Blossom. Where's Monsieur Cobweb? Ready? Monsieur Cobweb, good Monsieur, get you your weapons in your hand, and kill me a red-hipped humble bee on the top of a thistle. And, good Monsieur, bring me the honey-bag. Do not fret yourself too much in the action, Monsieur, and, and good Monsieur, have a care the honey-bag break not. I would be loath to have you overflown with a honey-bag, Signor. Where's Monsieur Mustard Seed? Ready? Give me your knife, Monsieur Mustard Seed. 
Pray you, leave your courtesy, good monsieur. What's your will? Nothing, good monsieur, but to help cavalry cobweb to scratch. I must to the barbers, monsieur, for methinks I am marvellous hairy about the face. And I am such a tender ass, if my hair do but tickle me, I must scratch. What, wilt thou hear some music, my sweet love? I have a reasonable good ear in music. Let's have the tongues and the bones. Or say, sweet love, what thou desirest to eat? Truly a peck of provender. I would munch your good dry oats. Methinks I have a great desire to a bottle of hay. Good hay, sweet hay, had no fellow. I have a virtuous fairy that will seek the squirrel's hoard and fetch thee new nuts. I had rather have a handful or two of dried peas. But I pray you, let none of you people stir me. I have an exposition of sleep come upon me. Sleep thou, I will wind thee in my arms. Fairies be gone, and be always away. So that the woodbine, the sweet honeysuckle, gently entwist, the female ivory, so enrings the barky fingers of the alum. Oh, how I love thee! How I dote on thee! A reading in continuity from the first century B.C. poem on the nature of things by the Roman poet and philosopher Titus Lucretius Carus. Whilst humankind throughout the lands lay miserably crushed before all eyes beneath religion, who would show her head along the region's skies, glowing on mortals with a hideous face, a Greek it was who first opposing dared raise mortal eyes that terror to withstand, whom not the fame of God's not lightning stroke, not threatening thunder of the ominous sky abashed, but rather chaffed to angry zest his dauntless heart to be the first to rend the crossbars at the gates of nature old. And thus his will and hardy wisdom won, and forward thus he fared afar, beyond the flaming ramparts of the world, until he wandered the unmeasurable all. Whence he to us, a conqueror, reports what things can rise to being, what cannot, and by what law to each its scope prescribed, its boundary stone that clings so deep in time. Wherefore religion now is underfoot, and us his victory now exalts to heaven. I know how hard it is, in Latin verse, to tell the dark discoveries of the Greeks, chiefly because our pauper speech must find strange terms to fit the strangeness of the thing. Yet what of thine and the expected joy of thy sweet friendship do persuade me on, to bear all toil and wake the clear nights through, seeking with that what, what of words and what of song I may at last most gloriously uncloud for thee the light beyond, where with the view the core of being at the centre hid. And for the rest, summoned to judgments true, on busy ears and singleness of mind, withdrawn from cares, lest these my gifts, arranged for thee with eager service, thou disdain before thou comprehendest. Since for thee I prove the supreme law of gods and sky, and the primordial germs of things unfold, whence nature all creates, and multiplies and fosters all, 
and whither she resolves each in the end when each is overthrown. This ultimate stock we have devised to name procreant atoms, matter, seeds of things, of primal bodies, as primal to the world. An interpretation after my own fashioning of some lines from the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. A North Three Star visitor spoke to me, saying, Human, you have an insight which goes something along the lines of, If water is not heaped up deep enough, it will not have enough strength to support a big boat. Upset a cup of water in a cavity, you say, and a straw will float on it as if it were a boat. But place the cup in it, and it will sink, for the water is shallow, and the boat, the cup, is too heavy, too large. So it is too with the accumulation of wind, you say. If it be not great, it will not have enough strength to support great wings. And I will tell you that, if space, the space about and beyond your planet here, was not supplely strong enough, Earth would not be able to float in it. No planet would be able to float in it, or be in an orbit. Neither would this solar system be able to remain moving in this region of the galaxy. Also, neither would the galaxy itself be able to move in the company of the near-before mirrored galaxies. It is because space is so wondrously supple, so powerfully strong, it can keep the beginningless, endless cosmos ever moving so effortlessly. Human, there are planets in this solar system, including Earth, that laugh and joke among themselves, as it were, at the massive movement of Jupiter, saying, we make an effort to move in small orbits about the sun. Sometimes it would almost appear as if we weren't going to make it, but we do. Why are you, Jupiter, so much into big movements, they ask? Human If for a moment you imagine you go travel to the nearby planets, you will take enough to sustain you, for that nearby journey. If you were to go to the farthest planets in the system, you will also take enough to sustain you for that journey. And the same will hold true if you were to travel any distance, however far it is, beyond this solar system. Now when it comes to small things, terrestrial-based things, or even solar system-based things, you have so far quite a lot of knowledge. But when it comes to your knowledge of the great beyond, it is hardly yet registered on the scale of that which is to be known. Human, you yourself say, the knowledge of that which is small does not reach to that which is great. The experience of a few years does not reach to that of many. 
How do you claim to know that to be so? Well, you say, the mushroom of a night and morning does not know what takes place at the end of the month of days. The short-lived summer fly does not know what takes place in the autumn, winter, or even spring. These, you say, are instances of a short term of life. You tell of a tree whose spring is five hundred years, and its autumn the same. And in high antiquity there was, you say, a tree whose spring was eight thousand years, and its autumn the same. And you even go as far as claiming that there was a human who once was renowned for his mighty length of life. These, you say, are instances of a long term of life. Now I will say to you, what if you were to consider one of your hours to be a thousand years, a day to be twelve thousand years, and a night too, and a week to be one hundred and sixty-eight thousand years? And from there you can easily go on to calculate the thousands upon thousands of years, say in a month or in a year, or even a life running into the eighties or nineties. Such is the prerequisite to start beginning to think big. You may know something of the planets and of the galaxies and stars, but you have no idea what you are talking about when it comes to the ways and the vastness of space, when it comes to the illimitableness of the cosmos. In a dawn reverie of this new day, meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, way back in days of long gone by, did for a future mortal of himself lovingly relay. O mortal self of mine, when we're living in your own realm and time, your delight and desire will be in the way of your own self, and on this way Will you care freely meditate by night and by day? All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for all your many blessings, and spare it thought too for peoples living in faraway places, in all different kinds of situations, often very difficult and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to Radio Richard Ireland, on the air globally for about 15 minutes Monday to Friday, and occasionally on the weekends. It is truly an honor to have you listening. May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Slawn August Benacht Lett.